0: don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ausbiz. Great to have you company for the next hour. so. this is the call. 10 stocks that you suggest put to uh, uh, two experts on the panel for their adjudication. Great to have Maiten Thomas and Darren from Deep Data Analytics with us. Nathan, happy Monday to you. Good weekend.
1: Yeah, it's been good. It's Excellent. been good. Interesting uh, things happening. So it's all fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Quiet time in America going into the long weekend. Memorial as well. Day, long weekend. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And Francesco Destratus from Ord is with us. Francesco, how are
2: you? David. Good Very weekend well, thanks, as well. Mate. Yeah, kids' sport. Panthers are winning yep. still. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have to say, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing well for my fantasy football. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Can't hurt.
0: Are you a fantasy footballer, right? It's numbers. Are you a super
1: coach? It's a numbers game. Oh. you got to get into it. I, you know, clearly he's the best uh, player, points for points. You just put him captain and don't think about it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a side of, do you do AFL super coach? Oh, it's
0: Only too way. hard.
1: It's too many oh, players to manage. To,
0: tell me about
1: it. I know, it's yeah. too hard. So I don't do basketball. I don't do AFL. Too many players. Oh. League, um, cricket, and uh, NFL. Limited players, supply demand. NFL as well, yeah. NFL's very good because the numbers stats, are very good. Yeah, yeah. and you've got a limited amount of players. You only do offense. You don't do defense. Sorry, well, I can go on. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm fascinated because uh, we have a family super coach competition. Right? right, it's grandkids and nephews and brothers and sisters, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of sledging goes on. Oh, I, I've, I've dropped outside the eight, so. Oh. Bad news. I'm going to have to But, but the, tips. the
1: trick in the N- NRL is because it's such a long season, yeah. it's about accumulating the team because yeah. you've got to make the run at the right time at the end. No point winning early. Because no, if no. your players get injured and stuff like that, But you've got, got to start. get yeah. rid of your cash
2: cows first and ride it. them it's, up. It's, it's a trading yeah. strategy, yes. No, I'm not happy There's a, good a very good documentary on ESPN 30 for 30 about the guys who came up with the idea in New York
0: of Supercoach. Yeah. Of well, coach.
2: It's, it,
1: it's based oh, the underlying. Yeah.
2: They didn't make any money out of it. They. A group of mates came up with the idea to run it just within oh, the place. Terrible. Well, yeah, see, it's it's un-
1: online talk. thematic has been used uh, extensively, differently. Where It was started in baseball with yes. uh, money ball strategy. Right, that's yeah, right. Now, yeah. yeah, if you look at, I mean, it's, it's going but look at Des, <laughs> the way Des Hasler and Wayne Bennett manages their budget, classic yeah. money ball strategy. They have a two to three year window, We have to win. After that, all the back-ended deals come and kill them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why they always leave after two, three years, because yeah, it goes to yeah, yeah. shaped. shit. There you go. <laughs> It's well, talking about the stats, ladies so, and gentlemen. So, not second. only getting
2: stocks here, we're getting
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. football exactly administration. Right. Don't get me started. Exactly. <laughs> oh, but, well, uh, this was a discussion <laughs> for a, for a special episode That's on right. how to get your super coach team right. <laughs> All right, so right. Let's get uh, stuck into it, though. I always choose a stock of the day before we kick it off. And I thought we'd take a look. Have not looked at it for a while. Spark Infrastructure came up with an update saying TransGrid in which it holds 15% interest, has reached a, a final investment decision to build a pro, uh, Project Energy Connect, having now received final approvals from the Australian Energy Regulator. Project Energy Connect is the proposed uh, new 900-kilometer um, high-capacity electricity connector between Robertstown in South Australia, Wagga in New South Wales, that also includes a spur through, uh, through New South Wales and Northwest Victoria as well. Um, Spark's an interesting one, is a it, infrastructure group?
1: Yeah, look, I've, I've kept an eye on a few of the infrastructure plays. Like APA yep. is a fan yep. favourite of mine. It, it looks discounted enough that it looks interesting, but it's just where we are in the cycle. Um, you're in a cycle where bond yields in theory should be rising. It's being yep. held back uh, by QE, but inevitably you're going to get tapering and then bond yields will rise. So if you're looking at it over the next six to 12 months, I think the risk in all utilities is a higher bond yield will be negative. For you oh. uh, so in that context it's really hard to see them outperform right history is against you that's why we stayed out of utilities um most of them i mean apart from the retail side of things like agl which has been a, a disaster because of lack of policy work okay. but and the other thing
0: we've got origin coming up exactly so, yeah, that's yeah, an interesting yeah, yeah.
1: One. but look i think overall utilities are not bad but it's just, just going into a macro where it's going to be really hard for them yeah i think sparks are okay um, i'm a fan of apa but it's just I think it's going to be tough. I think they'll they'll underperform over the next 12 to 18 months, probably for a few years, because I think the bond yield cycle has to reach some kind of normalisation. I don't think it's where it is. I think it's probably double where it should be. Right. So I think probably you're going to get somewhere at three, three and a half. So there's a long way to go. That will see some B rating in that sector. Okay. All right. Francesca, yeah, look, I think part.
2: Nathan's right. I'm, one thing with these, a lot of these, what they call bond yield proxies, so the infrastructure stocks and property trust stocks, is, is really get a good insight into their um, uh, their borrowing profile, their debt profile, because uh, there is some misconception there's a number of um, infrastructure stocks that have actually taken really long-term um, borrowings at really low rates. So they're right. locking in rates now for right. 20, 25 yeah. years yeah. instead of doing five years, which might have been normal. So. Maybe probably best to get an understanding of what their, their their balance sheets like there. But I mean, this announcement uh, today or or, or or this week, um, the, the company even states that it really is not going to add a great deal to their to their um, growth yield plus um, strategy. Uh, but what it does do for them is 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 sort of identify a sort of lower carbon footprint for them as well. So, you know, if you want to look at it from an ESG point of view, um, you know, as possibly giving them some boosts in that area. Um, Our guys have a hold recommendation on it, and I don't disagree with that. I think that's probably where it it sits, Um, you know, there's not a lot of clear growth opportunities for them, um, and then you've got a lot of pressure to reduce retail electricity prices. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got wholesale prices going one way, retail going the other, and they're getting a bit of a squeeze. And we've seen that obviously happen with AGL and Origin, um, and we'll talk about that a bit later, obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah we, I would prefer Origin, um, and I'll give more detail on but, that. But a bit the later.
1: interesting part there is it also we, we can understand the dynamics now. But of course, over the next couple of years, renewables are going to become a much yeah. bigger part. And yeah. obviously there's a lot of policies on the state side about putting up battery technology, wind, and so on you know, and yeah. so forth. So how that eventually plays to the whole dynamic, dynamics of poles and wires is a unique case. Yeah. I, we, I don't think we mm. quite appreciate how that could change, but I think it will change. The dynamics will substantially change, but we just don't know how that's gonna mm. settle. Yeah. So it, it is an area where I sit there and go, you know what, you gotta keep an eye on it because it's a bit like internet. Uh, the guys who are running the, the utility site will do relatively well when everyone's making massive money on the on the online yeah. models. Yeah. Similarly, if you do get to a point where there's renewable energy takes a substantial part, the guys who are connecting and distributing will have some play in it. Yep. I, I just don't know how that'll settle, but that's one to keep an eye on.
0: It, it is fascinating, this whole energy market. I was sitting next to Kevin Gallagher from Santos at the footy last night talking big on hydrogen um well there's a a, yeah there's a huge energy play
1: yeah well that's part of the battery play right yeah yeah. and and it's not going to be one particular technology i think there'll be a basket of technology and hydrogen will be one of them it looks like anyway so we won't know that for a few years and i think people are getting too excited that suddenly you're going to get batteries everywhere tomorrow it's it'll take you know three to five years yeah and when that happens i think you'll get a basket of ideas and hydrogen potentially could be one of them and look it's very promising. Yeah. Um, then again, you know, there are things like lithium and so forth yeah. already proved that they can. I,
2: I think the market will determine yeah. what's the dominant player in that yeah. sort of, you know, when it comes down to costs <coughs> and, and, exactly. and efficiencies, you know. Yep. Um, obviously, the big players will try a lot of different solutions. Um, but over time, the, you know, the fundamentals of the economics behind it yeah, yeah. are going to yeah, sort yeah, out who's yeah. who survives and who doesn't. Exactly. Yep.
0: Yep. All right. Okay. So uh, let's get into uh, your 10 stocks. And Francesco uh, Terry wants a view on uh, Rio Tinto, the uh, giant resources group with a basically a buy. Yeah,
2: look, um, I mean, if you're looking at short term, I think it's it's a buy. We got a buy, long term buy on it, Um, but I think short term there's a buy there as well. Um, Iron ore prices around the $200 a ton mark, Um, very very strong cash flows, Uh, sound balance sheet. You know, they're not. Um, using that balance sheet to, to acquire assets like they did 10 or 15 years ago and, and fail. Um, they're, they're, they're giving investors their money back in, in, in the way of large dividends. I think the yield at the moment is around the 12% mark. Um, that's grossed up, but they, you know that's attractive yields. Um, as far as growth goes, um, short term, I think share price could do a little bit upside there. But long term, it all depends on sort of where the commodity prices go in the future. Um, it does trade on a very low PE at the moment, but I think that's the market giving it a bit of a buffer just in case things do settle down a bit. But you know, even even with iron ore at a hundred dollars a ton, these guys are making very good money. Right. We're at nearly two hundred dollars a ton.
0: Right. So I suppose the question is, is a hundred and twenty four dollars reflecting the hundred and eighty dollar a ton iron ore price at the moment, or is a it- sort of reflecting $100 a tonne of what it could get
2: down to? Oh, I think it's reflecting lower than where the market is at the oh, moment. I'm not, okay. I'm not going to put a number on it yeah, yeah. Um, because they so they'd be factoring that in.
1: Yeah, look, we've been big fans uh, of Rio middle of last year. Yeah. Uh, we've actually taken out all the big miners uh, about a few weeks ago, uh, mainly because the data was too high and we started to see inflation in China. So the Chinese don't want that happening, basically. They, 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 unlike U.S., they got 1.4 billion people. They see inflation, big problem. They need consumers to buy and do well. They don't want asset prices. They don't want stuff blowing up. It's too hard for them to turn around something yeah. that big. So they were flagging that probably about a month ago, a month, month and a half ago, that they were going to curb commodity prices. And I know was a clear copper, iron ore. you could see the problems there. Yeah. So we knew there would be a curb coming. And the data was telling us they took the stimulus off, the PMI numbers are all being managed down. So they're telling you what they're doing. So there's no surprises there. So I suspect it's coming down. Now Rio is as well, it's being managed as well as it's ever been. I Don't have a problem with it. Great assets, top business, probably BHP is ahead of it. That's pretty much it because it's been okay. more diversified. Uh, but it's one where I think it always trades at a discount to the market because of the volatility in commodities and should. And similarly with prices, Analysts always have it at a discount to what the spot price is, and I suspect that we're probably looking at somewhere around 150 at the moment. Um, And I'd say it's trading what 190, um, and it's probably going to head back to 150. I would say Uh, the optimistic guys had it 100 to 150, is 50 to 100. So I think it's better than what it is. So it should be somewhere around the mid one, around the 150, 140, 150 level. So I think there's more downside risk. I'm not jumping into the big miners right now. We just had the mani- official manufacturing PMI came out. It was 51, expectation 51.1, classic managing down, yeah. tick by tick. So I suspect that commodities in the short term with, I think also US dollar is gonna bounce in the short term, that's negative for commodities. Short term, I think there's risk, you'll get it cheaper, but longer term resources, re cycle, they're gonna do well. Yeah. And this is the second no-brainer buy right. outside BHP. So. Yes, in the short term, it'll come off. That's a buying opportunity.
0: Okay. All right. So wait for the pullback to come back. And said I saw a chart someone tweeted last week since China started talking, sort of, commodity. was it from you? Commod- yeah. They all dropped. Yes. You, were, you yeah. put it out. That's right. A great chart and showing it's, how much it's come off.
1: Well, you know, for all said and done, China is, you know, for all the politics, World's China is the customer. biggest customer. If the customer tells you, it's like what well, I always get shocked when people get shocked when Iluka comes off. Management tells you, you know, demand is solid, you buy it. When they say demand is patchy, you sell it. It yeah. just happens every time. <laughs> and you go, your number one customer is telling you, we're going to pay less, you sell it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, Max, uh, thank you for that, Terry. Uh, Max now wants a view, Nathan, on Downer EDI. Um, Downer employs 52,000 people. Mm-hmm. I think it's a massive, uh, basically a, a services company in the, in the transport, mining, engineering, construction industry.
1: Yeah, they've, they've actually diversified the model quite well. Um, I lost a lot of money back in the day. I remember because you get scarred when you lose a lot of money. I bought it for like $17. <laughs> I was on holiday in the US and then I turned around one day, looked at it, and it was $3. dollars i thought, what? <laughs> and that was the Moratized train, if you remember oh, that, yeah. when they oh, stuffed yeah. it up and got killed. Um, but it is one of those things where there were a much more service, like uh, I suppose a console, small services areas where they were uh, dominant players, but now they're diversified a lot more. They bought spotless and so forth and expanded their model. So I think it's a pretty good model. I, I think it's it's doing okay, but it's priced for what it is. You're not getting it cheap. Yeah. And your real-place infrastructure and mining projects, the miners, as well as they're doing, they're not spending. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing if you're owning the mining chairs because yeah, yeah. they're not doing stupid things. But the problem is because they're not doing any big capex out there, these guys don't have huge contracts to win. Right. Whatever they're winning is trying to keep the contracts they have. The margins are not great. So it's, I just don't see the big driver. Um, governments, every government talks about infrastructure. Yeah. They just take a long time. It's a slow play. Yeah. It's a slow yeah. burn. And nowadays, because of technology, it doesn't give you the big margins that it used to. So it's just not going to move the dial in the short term. Yeah. I think it's, again, it's, it's one where I think it should do better because the macro is positive. Call their customers are doing well and they're spending, but it's not coming through in the numbers. So, again, I think it's price for as good as it gets. I'm not chasing that sector at the moment, yeah. but it's, it should be doing better yeah, than what it is. But, and that's what the market is paying oh, for.
0: I, I just thought, got them bring the five-year uh, chart up again. Fell off a cliff yes. uh, when everyone did, but really hasn't bounced back mm. to anywhere near. Because the, the growth is maybe. not,
1: the growth actually has been held back by the miners. They're keeping right. all the margins and that's why they're churning out so much cash and dividends.
0: Uh, and you're saying the issue is governments uh, promising big infrastructure spend, but yeah. that will start two, three, four, five years
1: into the future. And... And, and the problem is most of their budgets are a bit fanciful, right? It's yes. not funded. No. So the reality is no, they, they always tell you for the Second election. an episode of Utopia. Exactly, they tell yeah. you for an election and then soon after that, that'll change. we got an election coming in yeah. September, October, right? Yeah. That's my numbers are telling me. September, yeah. October, we've got an election. By December, we'll open up the borders, right? Because it's an election winner to say that we're not going to open up the border. So things will change quite dramatically next next year's budget will be dramatic cuts because we're not funded (laughs) right so so all of those things will affect and but the market sees that that's why these things are not running because if the market believed what the government said these things should be shooting the lights out
0: yeah it reminds me francesco of uh, the dual carriageway on the pacific highway between sydney and brisbane i reckon when i was a kid that was in budgets and i think they've only just finished it now as they would promise to do it and then they would get elected and they would scrap it and bring it up again. Well,
2: we, we did a cost, cost benefit um, uh, on uh, the Western Sydney Orbital, which is now called right. m 7 yeah. uh, way back in the mid-90s. Right. Um, and we were, we were asked by the, the department at the time to <laughs> get a hurry on with the research because they wanted to get started on this project. And uh, our research went on the in the shelf and collected dust for a couple of years before they even put a shovel yeah. in the ground. Brought it was it probably five, again, five 10 for the years. Next
0: yeah. Yeah. What do you reckon of downer?
2: Um, We've got a hold on it. Um, right. I'm probably not as pessimistic as Nathan on it I, oh, You know, I, I think there's potential, the risk to the upside on, on this one. Um, yeah, our our analyst has identified that the defence systems business is, is probably set to double their revenue over the next couple four to five years. Um, now, that in, on its own is not going to impact upon the share price dramatically in the short term. Um, but looking at the analyst numbers, you know, he's, he's got it trading on about 13 times for 2022, which to me, for this sort of stock, is reasonably attractive considering you know when you go back to pre-covid it was probably trading on about 28 29 times right. so I, I i look i'm, I'm with Nathan. I, I think it's a hold i think it's probably priced pretty fairly but i think there's some opportunities there um i i think you know if if because of the diversification um, you know we're not just concentrating just on miners with downer um, so I, I think there's potential there for the upside but it's one to watch i don't yeah okay know, I wouldn't be rushing out buying it just on okay. the back of what this, i say there
1: yeah this one is in an interesting way it's a uh, negative for the re- inflation cycle because if you think about who's the best guy who builds everything is james hardy yeah. and they've warned you that costs are going up yeah and they've got problems right everyone's telling you costs are going up these guys all the input costs are going up. So it is inevitable that in the next reporting cycle, you're going to hear a lot of people saying, costs are going up, right. and all these mining services guys, they've got contracts where what they can earn is limited. Right. Their margins are gonna get squeezed. So they're
0: fixed, right, For fixed prices. So
1: they, they, these guys are basically you know, walking into a cost rise. Right. That's okay. the risk. If okay. they do well, they, they reduce that cost rise, but at the end of the day, they're still gonna run into it. But so the Reserve the Bank wants that. Uh, no, that, come no, yeah,
2: they'd tell you that, they don't. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, they not too far. Yeah. <laughs> not too much inflation. Um some inflation th- is good.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Max, thank you for that. Katrina Francesco uh, wants to be on Wally. Similar sort of
2: Yeah, company. look, you know, similar to what Nathan was saying, you know, capital expenditure on on, you know, oil and gas sector predominantly. Yeah. I mean Wally has diversified uh, with um, a diverse uh, with an acquisition of Lucas uh, Consulting, uh, oh, I think it was a couple of years ago now. So that's all been bedded down um, as well. We've got a hold recommendation on it. Um, you know, with when COVID hit, um, obviously a lot of new projects got put on hold. all uh, price fell down to circa thirty dollars a barrel. Um, you, know, you know, your normal shutdown maintenance has to still be done, and Wally's involved in that. Um, but when oil prices fall and you know, start getting volatile, people start putting, uh, you know, deferring new projects. Um, but I think that would start to open up a bit now. But yeah, look, I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be chasing this one at the moment. Um, we have it in portfolios at the moment, but, um, you know, I think it's probably trading around fair value. Right.
0: Okay. So I hold for you? Hold or for us. Yep.
2: No, hold. Uh,
1: look, I mean, it's oil price. Uh, between OPEC making it up as they go um, <laughs> and renewables, it's just hard to work out. OPEC actually has flagged that they're going to raise the supply starting oh. you know this month and next two, three months. Um, so I mean they've, they've been lying for a long time, so it doesn't matter, but still <laughs> in the context that even they're saying it's going to rise. So I think the, the supply oil in the shorter term probably will see some weakness, but you know inflation hits everything, right And oil should benefit out of that as well. But I don't see the same problem. It's just like miners, all the oil guys are just running down the assets. They're not going out and drilling. There's a few guys doing it, but there's not a lot of capex being spent by the big boys. They're not doing big projects. And that will generally come when you get, at the moment, because asset prices are high, it makes sense for these guys to just land bank these, uh, you know, land that they bought over the years and keep that as a project. Uh, When that comes back and they have to actually drive growth, they have to invest in that, they'll start drilling. That's when you want to go into mining services. And Wally is a, look, they've bought, as Francesca said, they bought a really good asset to add on. So they're a big player in that space now. But the problem is a big player doesn't mean you're gonna do better in a bad market. So at the moment, they're not winning much, but when the cycle turns and they get jobs, this will be a big mover. But at the moment, I think you're just, you're not getting much. So I think it's not one year you're gonna get good performance over the next six months. It's one to keep an eye on. It's a bit like Diana for me. It's it's the one I'm keeping on the line because their customers are doing well, but they're not spending. Right. When they do start to spend, these are the ones to jump on. So it's on it's on the watch list, but I'm not jumping in. I'd okay. probably take profit in the short term. Okay, all right.
0: Uh, Robbie wants a view, mates, on Amcor, the big uh, packaging giant
1: that's in 40 countries. And yeah, look, it's huge. A, look, it's a it's a great business model. It is a great business model. Every time you doubt it it comes out and smacks you in the back of the head, right? (laughs) Uh, They've done well, they divested uh, Aurora out of them, the domestic business, and even that's done okay. Uh, But Amco is a really, really good business. It's a pandemic business. I mean, if you're worried about viruses and everything packaging, these guys are gonna do well. The demand for, that's why I look at things like Amco and Ancel and, you know, I, I actually had to go do a blood test today. And so when I went to blood test, this is the analytic part of you. I'm looking at the lady doing it, and she's taking the blood, and the, the kind of thing she's using the gloves is that, that, and she's throwing, throwing, throwing. I'm going. All I can see is Ansel sitting there going, ching, 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 and you just see how much that yeah. because it's small, simple stuff, but it's yep. they can't reuse, so they have to throw it away, yeah. so they make money. So these kind of guys, are, and everything comes in a packaging, packaging, yep. packaging. I'm going encore, ching, ching, yeah. ching, and you just go. They must be doing well. Yeah. I don't think that's going to change in the next five years. I think no. it's going to get even it's more. It's going
0: to get more. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah. look, Amco is not cheap, but it's not going to be cheap because everyone knows how good it is. Um, and if you hold it, I mean, if you have it, I'm holding it. Right. I'm not buying it now because the market knows about it. It's a thematic everyone knows. But yeah. if you're holding it, just sit back, enjoy.
0: Okay. All right. And same with Ansel, I think you mentioned oh, last it's week. A, it's so a top so. 10
1: stock in the market, Ansel. Right.
0: Like. Yeah, yeah. And... Well priced at the moment. Oh, or just hold it. No,
1: it's 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 well priced. You're, you're not going to buy it, but if you bought it before, yeah, just, yeah. just enjoy it. Yeah,
0: Francisca. Yeah,
2: look, we like the company. Um, we'd be probably more accumulators than than no. than holding. Um, uh, as Nathan said, like you know, with the pandemic, and and you've only got to look at the modern packaging these days. You go and buy something at the supermarket. Not only is there a packaging on, you know, the the, the product, but each yeah. individual piece in inside yeah. the packaging has got another yeah. packaging on it. So it's pack you know, a packaging on packaging. So um, yeah, look, I think um, you know, the, the, there's not a lot of downside unless there's you know, there's a significant change to to management on the yeah. negative side. I think management has done a good job. Um, as Nathan said, they spun out Aurora, um, and that's been a very good investment. Even uh, uh, you know, operating independently on its own. So um, we, have, we have an accumulate on it. Um, I don't think it's too expensive. I think it trades on around about sort of 14, 15 times earnings. So I, no. I, th- I still think that's okay. Um, you're not in it for dividend yield, but the dividends there, it's three okay. to 4%. So yeah, good, good uh, on, on that sort of um, stock, you, you're quite happy to you know, yeah. to take three or 4%. The,
1: the interesting part about it is, it is, the business is so good that the rise of input costs they can turn around and put it to their customer hmm. and they don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a little part yeah. of their profit margin, but they don't have a choice yeah. and they just live with it. So but, there's, there's so not many businesses. Like, yeah. Yeah. They
0: just seem to have the market.
1: Yeah. Wrapped and up and now, and because it's such a small part of your input cost, when yeah. it goes up a bit, you're not going to complain yeah. because yeah. it's just too hard to change. It's yeah. the same thing with Ansel. Because it's such a small part of your cost, you just go, Well, they do it so bloody well. I'm willing mm. to live with that. Yeah.
2: What well, you were saying earlier about sort of taking notice of things when you go into business, isn't it? Just take a look in your own rubbish bin when you put it yeah. out each week yeah. and see what's yeah. in there. Oh yeah. Packaging and packaging Well, everywhere. Packaging. Like
0: the classic for me, I, I was thinking the same thing the other day. Um, when I was flying back from football and you get the cheese and crackers, five <laughs> bits of cheese yeah and five crackers in this yeah. amazing packaging. I thought, oh yeah, no, that's for airlines. And I saw it in IGN no, no. the other day. Yeah. I was thinking, why would you wrap up yeah. five little squares oh, of cheese with even crackers? Worse.
1: They, they even got now vegetables, Like right, they get fruits and veggies oh, packaged yeah. in two or three and then four or five yeah, and yeah. then yeah. chopped but- up the celery and sticks then, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. carrot sticks. It's, like, oh, it's cut into pieces, that's yeah. one. chopped into pieces. There's another packaging. I mean, it's just amazing. I oh,
0: know. All right. Uh, so if you get annoyed with that, buy shares <laughs> in it. Exactly.
2: Buy shares and in it,
0: you will be happy with yeah, yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll know you'll get some back. Um, all right, Francesco, Ray wants uh, a view on Origin, the, the big yeah. energy supplier and distributor.
2: So, so Origin, we talked about this a bit earlier um, when we spoke about Sparks. Um, our, our analysts have a buy on Origin, um, and it's probably been a bit harsh on them, um, particularly when uh, um, there was a, an update with AGL on wholesale electricity prices. Uh, Origin got caught up in a bit in that as well. So um, that's a horrible chart. It though, is a horrible well. chart. <laughs> um, uh, unfortunately, uh, AGL's is worse. But... Um, um, it is. Um, oh, look, we think there's value there now. Um, you know, there might be a little bit more pain. You know, depending on sort of what happens with electricity prices. But you've got to remember that. You know, Origin's not just electricity; it's got the oil and gas division as well. Yeah. Um, so you could probably think of 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 Origin being a bit of a. Um, sort of bringing, if you brought Santos say and Spark together, it'd be a similar type of company. Yeah. Um. So, so, but at these levels, we think uh, Origins are buy. Um, yeah. Well, not much more I can say about yep. that than yeah, the, yeah. sort of where we stand on um, it. Um,
0: Nathan, I know you love horrible charts. Yeah. Uh, like with commercial insurers, mm. uh, insurance area, which. What did you say a couple of months ago that they're so, uh, they're so ugly they're looking quite good? Yeah. Is this a case uh, with
1: Origin? Nah, it's just... It's, <laughs> there's, there's limits to my ugliness. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's ugly and then there's A2 milk ugly. Uh, right. it, can, it can keep getting uglier and uglier. Right. Um, you need The thing about insurance is it wasn't a structural problem. Right. It's a cyclical macro problem. And then right. as the macro turns, That'll improve. Yeah. But when you look at this and say, what's the biggest problem? The biggest problem is there isn't clarity on the policy side. Right. And I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I think the policy will get clarity because of, by default, the, right. the global economy will just go to renewables and we'll end up being a laggard in it. So that's going to be a dead by a thousand cuts. So like watching A2 mil getting hit again and again, going China, 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 China. Right. It's like, ah, uh, it's happened. Yeah. Uh, so it's like that, why are you going against the tide? Just stay out of that. I would say... if the company,
0: five year low on the share price though.
1: Yeah, but it can go lower. Right. Uh, it can go lower because you need to have... It's one of those things that I've learned time and time again in data is that a stock that's gone into multiple downgrade cycle, you do not touch it till you get the first upgrade. It doesn't matter if it bounces 20%. Right. Because it's good enough that it should have another big cycle. So don't try and pick the bottom. Wait for the first upgrade because the market by then would have lost complete trust and complete interest yeah. in it, yeah. and all the money would have left it. That's when you want to go in. I'm actually, it's, so it's not there yet. No, it's not. But like, if you look at the energy side of things, the best two on the numbers were Beach and Santos, yeah. And but even Beach got hit uh recently, right? So that's come back. So for me, if you had to pick the energy play, that's where it is. But most of these guys are nothing to do with oil price, even though it trades with oil price, yeah. it's actually the LNG price. So the biggest risk at the short term is places like Korea and Japan, who are dominant buyers of our LNG, they've got COVID waves going through them. So they could have prolonged lockdown, slowdowns, and that'll hit our LNG price. So that's one of the reasons why I'm staying out of it. Um, okay. Origin's got too many things to worry about. It's just better better bets outside.
0: OK, all right, let's recap the first five stocks. Uh, Spark as a hold from Francesco. A no from Nathan. Um, Rio is a yes from uh, Francesco. A no from Nathan, but wait for the pullback. Uh, good company gets set in it then. Um, Downer is a hold from uh, Francesco. Uh, a no, but watching uh, from Nathan as is uh, Wally for both of them. Uh, Amcor a yes from Francesco. A hold from um, uh, from Nathan. And origin, a yes from Francesco, a no from Nathan. So let's uh, here on the call. We're following our own fantasy portfolio. We've been tracking since the 1st of July last year, thanks to our partner NAB Trade. Uh, any stocks that come up for adjudication and get a thumbs up from both our expert panel go into the portfolio. If it comes up again, even if it's in front of a different uh, panel, and doesn't get unanimous approval, it uh, it goes out of the portfolio. Let's see how it's been going for the last week. Um, it's up 3% for the month, 2%, and since the 1st of July, 33%, which I was uh, bragging to a fund manager about it the other day and who goes, now, does that include the transaction costs? Mm-hmm. I went, mean, no, nah, I got stuffed on that. So... Yeah, but yeah,
2: the, the, that's, that's going to be minimal. You know, that's yeah, yeah. Be minimal. Uh, yeah. you know what
1: you should turn around and say? But it doesn't include the dividends either. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. good which point. Is much, which is much higher oh, than transaction costs. And, okay. and admin costs. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. still more like yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Costs All
2: right, let's
0: take a look at some of the stocks that have been recently added Abacus Property Group, Universal Store, Nanosonics. Uh net wealth Jan- <laughs> both, both of them. Uh I go. No, no, Uh Netwell's, Janice Henderson uh, and late. Smart Group. Too too late for what, Janice or Smart yeah, Group? Yeah, Janice, I think okay, it's Too late. Yeah. Uh stocks removed, Omni Bridgeway, Pacific Smiles, Event Hospitality Ooh. and E Road. Uh some of the stocks in the if you want to see all the stocks in the portfolio had to Osbys co forwards uh, slash portfolio. Uh, coming up this afternoon, we speak to Rick Francis, MD of Spark Infrastructure, uh, as the group confirms its new electricity connector that's coming up at 1.30 this afternoon. All right, let's get into our um, second five stocks and Maiton Lucas wants a view on Auckland International Airport. Um, Obviously, the big international airport, the gateway to New Zealand, difference between it and, say, so, Sydney Airport is that Auckland Airport owns all the land around it. So it's sort of like an airport and property play, is it?
1: It's the best property developer in New Zealand. Forget yeah. uh, yeah, Fletcher, Fletcher Building. Yeah. Actually, the funny part is the construction business is doing so well, even Fletcher Building is on an upgrade cycle. Oh. And they're like, uh, they get everything wrong. Right. Like they haven't got a track record of blowing up. Like for small cap fund managers, Fletcher Building is a gift that keeps giving because right. it's the biggest guy in the small cap index that kept on getting blown up. Right. So their performance relatively looked good. But now even Fletcher Building is doing well because the whole construction cycle is on fire. Right. Oh, look, I, I think Auckland International Airport is a pretty good play. Um, it's seen as one of the safe places for tourism bubble. Um, yeah. And I, I'd, I'd say the whole construction play continues to play well for them. I think you're safe. Um, In a a rising bond yield environment, utilities tend to struggle and infrastructure will struggle, but most of these guys are well protected and they're unique assets. So Auckland International Airport, I think it's a very good play. Don't expect too much capital appreciation, uh, but you're going to get a good yield. It's going to be defensive. And at some point, once they sort out the pandemic and the with the so-called vaccine rollout sorted out yep. and you get more people going through the traffic this will get an upgrade cycle and you'll see a bit of a pop and your yield yep. will look even better okay. um, so in that context i'm happy with it um it's not my you know go-to for the performance over the next 12 months but you know it's a good stock it's it's doing okay. well it's doing as well as it could and i think it'll do better so compared with sydney i prefer auckland international right. okay. um, i think it'll do better okay
0: uh, so yep from atham but yeah, look,
2: we don't have a recommendation on it, no. uh, but uh, but agree with Nathan on the the assets, uh, you know, sound and 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 all that all all that added to it. You know, the dividends are, are solid. Um, I, I think there's potential upside there when things start to open up. Um, you know, the big uh, margins that the airports get are from international yeah. travel, um, and those um, those borders are not open up and you know who knows how long that will be although we do have that international bubble between uh, australia and new zealand so um look if if, you know if you want to look for growth out of um, auckland international and sydney for that matter um yeah you'd be predicting when they're going to open up international travel but i wouldn't expect them to get back to where they were pre-covid uh because there's still going to be a very big lag of people that won't travel altogether so so there'll be a there'll be an initial boost of uh, of travellers who just want to get on a plane and go and sit on an island, you know, yep. beach somewhere or, or whatever the, the holiday that, that they want. Uh, but there's still going to be a large portion of the population that will be very cautious. So you'll get that initial boost. So for those that are looking for a bit of growth out of the airport business, which you don't normally get, right. um, I think, you know, now's not a bad time to get yourself set in them, whether it be Sydney or or, uh, or Auckland. Um the only thing with Sydney is, you know, you've got the um um the Western Sydney airport coming, that's more long term competition, yeah. but yeah. 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 The,
1: right. the the best part about it for them is uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand has played the game really well on geopolitics. Yeah. So when you're looking at it in the context of travel bubble, vaccinated country, good, clean, you know, air. Uh, green area to go, New Zealand stacks up really well and, yeah. and you don't have the politics. Yeah. So in that context, there will be a lot more Asian tourism into New Zealand yeah. on a per capita basis than it'll be in Australia in oh, yeah. the next couple of yeah. years. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's the free key.
0: I I've done very well. I haven't offended Chinese. They've,
1: they've done the fine line. <laughs> Not yet. They But she's done it really well. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. walked the fine line uh, yeah. and she's talked and walked, talked and walked, and yeah. we kind of stumble and fall on our faces again yep. and again. So yep. give credit where credit's due.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, Donald uh, Francesco wants a view on Chorus, um, which another New Zealand Another New Zealand, yeah, a bit of yeah. New Zealand flavour there, yeah, telco, uh,
2: infrastructure uh, telco. Infrastructure Telco. Infrastructure uh, Telco. Look, we don't have a recommendation. And i, and I tried to look. We, didn't, we haven't even researched it historically. So it's not something that I've sort of really looked into. But, um, you know, in that space, um, you know, that's not much more I can add on, on Chorus. Uh, But in that space, you know, our our analysts are quite positive on Telstra, TPG and Vocus at the moment. Um, You know, if Telstra proceed with, you know, um, know, they've already sort of made four divisions of the business if they decide that they want to split it. um, That makes the business look much more attractive. But um, yeah, Chorus, um, you know, doesn't do a great deal of, um, uh, doesn't get me excited about you know, the telco industry as such, particularly you know, New Zealand being a small market, if they decided to sort of, um, you know, spread their wings and, uh, and I'm not sure whether they are, um, you know, have any exposure in Australia, but um, you know, that might sort of see some growth yeah. for them.
0: Okay, Nathan, what do they require
1: uh, Look, uh, I think the overall sector, you know, we've spoken about it before, yeah. the telco sector is pretty bad. Yeah. Historically, globally, it's, it's just bad. Yeah. The tech guys make all the money. This is like the guy who produces the milk, you get nothing. Yep. You get nothing in a good time, and you get belted in the bad time. Yep. Uh, but there's a fundamental change going through the sector, so I want to see how that plays out. So obviously, as you said, with Telstra splitting, that's going to be huge. We've been negative Telstra for a long time. We turned positive. It's run up three fifty. I think it's a four dollar stock. You're yep. going to get an infrastructure part of Telstra. You're going to get the retail part with a much bigger balance sheet to fight with. TPG is really struggling. I'm worried. I mean, I know. Yep and I've talked about this for a long time. Yeah. And that's looking very bad. So again, it's having an A2 milk moment. Yeah. Uh, so you just wait for that to clear out. So that's I'm waiting to see. Most of the others don't excite me. Telstra is the only one. But, there's always a but, the but is mm-hmm. NBN. NBN is getting rid of people. That usually tells me they're fudging the balance sheet and the cost base to make it look good for a float. Right. Inevitably, that's coming. Uh, government needs to get rid of it because uh, they've got too much debt. This is one way to uh, capitalize. Now, That's, an NBN is a comparable to Chorus. That's why I've gone through this winded story. That's a comparison. Now, the interesting part is both don't really make a lot of money. They're not going to have any huge growth. They just become defensive yields. Will one try and bid on the other? This is the interesting part. Will the infrastructure part of Telstra become a potential target for one of these guys? Or will that become... Exactly. Or will that become the hunter... And these guys become the predator to merge all of it into a one big infrastructure play, Australia.
0: Right, now,
1: okay. this is me playing the big game, but that that's the interesting part about yep. it. So we're going through massive change. I'm not getting excited by it. Um, we, we're long Telstra. We like Telstra, what's going through. Uh, both Woolworths and Telstra on the divestment play is good. Yeah. But this is an industry that's going through change. So I'm keeping an eye on it because I don't know how it's going to play out, but there could be a consolidation coming through.
0: Okay. All right. But... No for chorus no. and uh, and watch out for it though. But uh, a yes for Telstra at this yes. stage. Okay. All right, Nathan, uh, Clayton wants a view on Challenger, the uh, big financial services fund manager in that annuity space. It's, it's niche, isn't
1: it? it? It's very niche. I mean, it's a bloody science project, right? Um, you need a PhD to understand how they manage <laughs> risk. And then you've got to do another one on top just yeah. to understand how you price it. Um, they got it wrong because of bond yields were falling and it was being managed down. That hit them. They had a downgrade. It's a unique play because I think over the longer term, I think inevitably governments are going to mandate at some point that you're going to have some kind of an annuities product in your super yeah. to guarantee that you people won't be can survive. Take out
0: lunch, um, so exactly. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: I think there's going to be that. So when you get to that, and the interesting part for me is what Magellan just came out with they came up with a fancy annuities program without being an annuities program. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because Challenger was being sold down. Me and Magellan spoke about what they wanted to do and I went, hmm, interesting. They've been hiring a lot of quants and data scientists in the last couple of years so I can see where they've been working, manage risk. It is a hard thing to do. It's a very hard thing to do. Now, Challenger is a unique proposition not many people do it. It's the one that's been around, proven model. Banks will struggle to take it out because of regulatory restrictions. Yeah. But I know overseas will be looking at it. There's a lot of Japanese interest into Challenger. So I actually like it. It benefits from recovery in yields. Mm. As the yields run up, Challenger will do really well. Right. So again, this was in the peak cycle is somewhere around $12 to $15. Well,
0: yeah, five years, exactly. 14 and a half. Yeah.
1: So it's just a cycle, right? That's why structurally it's not broken. It's just a cycle. So right. as the reflation plays, these guys will do well. So my guess is, when this runs to seven or eight dollars, as usual, corporates will wait for it to run and then do a bid. Right. I reckon there will be a bid, and it'll probably be an overseas bid or one of the fund managers will bid right. because the banks can't. So this is one because it's such a unique model, and it's too hard for anyone else to replicate or do. And trust me, I try to understand. I can't, Uh, and I'll say that. I mean, I do relative valuation. I can see. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's a tough business, and so I think that's what makes it unique. It's such a unique model, and I think it's going to be around. There's no one else doing it. You got to look at it,
0: Francesco.
2: Yeah, look, I I think um, it's it's a bit early. Um, You know, Mike probably right. You know, we're probably looking at the bottom of the cycle, but I I think uh, you know, there's a, a. a lot of things a lot of moving parts within challenger you've got life businesses you've got funds management, you've got annuities um, and they don't seem to be able to get one all of them right at the same time if you like you know so you know they recently downgraded their fy21 profits to the bottom end of their range so you know when you and, you know Nathan mentioned earlier you know when you when you're on a downgrade cycle stay away um, yeah. until they have an upgrade so i'd probably be looking more at sort of staying away from it yeah. um, if you own it, you're probably looking at the bottom of the cycle. If you're a long-term investor, you probably just hold it through the, through the bottom of the cycle. But uh, I wouldn't be buying just yet. Um, okay. I'll be waiting to see if they can get all the moving parts right uh, okay. going forward.
0: Alright. Okay, uh, Aaron, uh, Francesco wants a view on Computershare, the, uh, uh, the big administration yeah. company that really got into this early, didn't it, on the, the digital side. Uh, Just done a raise, recently bought Wells Fargo Corporate Trust Services uh, to move overseas. Um,
2: Yeah, geez, I'm sitting on the fence on a lot today. We've got another hold on this one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, And, you know, I I think this thing's pretty fully valued as well. I mean, it uh, trades on sort of 24 times earnings, which to me is a bit... uh, overpriced for this t- type I of uh, investment. So, though. Yeah, Yeah, I'd probably, you know, even though the analysts at Audubon Ed have a hold on it, I'd probably be more, a little bit more pessimistic and, you know, if someone's sort of, you know, invested in it sort of 6, 12 months ago, I'd be looking to take a little bit of that off the table. Um, you know, the, the the acquisitions are probably a good one and they're getting some leverage, um, you know, to, to the US earnings side of things, which might... Um, might give them more upside, but I'd, I'm probably a little bit more pessimistic than that. So yeah. I'd be, uh, you know, our, 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 our stance on it is a whole, but, you know, I'd be looking to take a little bit off the table on it. Yeah.
1: Nathan? Yeah, it's it's a sell for me because it's, it's one of those stocks where every time it looks good, but it never <laughs> yeah. does well. Yeah. It just never does well. And you go, the macro is positive. It's in the right areas. It's got a big business. It's expanding. You just go, they should do better. It's like the anti-Kodan. Where you look at Kodan and go, they should do badly, but they do well. (laughs) So I have it in my head going, when you look at Kodan, Kodan, don't look at it like that. They do better. (laughs) When you look at Computer Share, just tell yourself they do worse. (coughs) And Computer Share always does worse. So You want a discount for Computer Share because they always do less than what you think they should do. So they don't have that anymore. So in that context, I'm not chasing Computer Share. I'm a seller of Computer Share. It actually is a... Weird one, because it sits in the tech sector. Yeah. Right. It's not very techy, but it's in the tech sector. Yeah, it's and strange, it's a massive behemoth. It's a Exactly. Yeah. So it's so, more of a yeah.
2: financial services company. It is. It should be probably in the, yeah, yeah. Now,
1: if you wanted like-for-like like exposure, one of the ones that we've been a fan of recently is ASX. So okay. we, we went positive on it in the high 60s, got below 70. Now it's actually mid-70s. I'd say ASX is probably a mid-80s stock. Um, yeah. That's a peak multiple, it should yeah. be. It's a defensive, big play. Um, I think from here, volatility picks up. Um, you know, over the next five to 10 years, you have no choice but to be in equities because yeah. property fixed income is not going to return that much. So you've got to have equities. So ASX will do well. And then the other um, click for me is the fact that there's M&A. So CBOE bought um, um, ChiX. So now they're a big player uh, yeah. and their competitor. London Stock Exchange, has bought Refinitiv, which is the data side of Thomson Reuters. They're setting up to be a global player. Europeans want Asian exposure, but they don't want to buy Asian shares directly. Australia is a good proxy. So it's actually interesting. I think the London Stock Exchange is preparing for a bid on ASX, and I think it'll get around the regulatory play. And ASX is so bad in technology, they can't even bloody do a website. Um, And every time they do an upgrade, it's a downgrade. Um, so when they, those kind of things, I look at what London Stock Exchange has done over the years and I've, yeah. you know, I've done that in my previous lives. They do technology really well. Right. And with Refinitiv, they have a really good platform for the data. So it's easy for them to take it over, kill all the tech and then just bring in their tech and right. replace it. Okay. It's a massive step up. Right. So in that context, there's a lot of cost synergies that they could come up with. So it makes real sense. So I think ASX is a win-win. Wow. Where computer share, just always looks like it should deliver, but it doesn't. Wasn't
2: exactly. there a takeover or a merger proposal with ASX a number of years ago and it, it did. fell over and, because and, of uh, regulatory issues? Yeah, Singapore and yeah, um, yeah. so.
1: But I think the, the Europeans wanted to go into Singapore, but it got a bit messy. They see Australia as a much cleaner player, but they, Australia didn't have a, a good competitor. Chai came in and became, a, now with CBOE, they're a much bigger player, so yeah. now it's a logical player.
0: And they've got big plans for
1: choice as that's well.
0: That's right. Uh, why does Kodan just quickly always outperform? Uh,
1: management is, look, team. the management is good. It's like, yeah. you know, things like shaver shop. You just yeah. look at it and go, it's a bad industry, bad model. <laughs> you should be crap. But
2: yeah. they're not.
1: And yeah. you go, credit. You've yeah. done well. You manage well and you get the best out of what you've got. Yeah. And you go, you know, that's what you've got to pay. Yep,
0: absolutely. All right. Uh, Nathan, Tim wants to be on Ingham's Group. The uh, no longer associated with the family. It's bought out by private equity. Yeah, floated. obviously the big chicken uh, group.
1: Yeah, look, I'll start with a pun. It's not chicken feed, right. uh, but it's <laughs> look, it's a business that's it's not a great business, uh, but it's an interesting business. The whole food thematic for me is an interesting business because in an inflationary cycle, food prices go up. Yep. I know RBA tells you it doesn't, but that's yep. that's garbage. Prices go up, uh, especially in food. Uh, but the interesting part is the, these guys, they, they're they not as vertically integrated as they used to be. Private equity has a way of buying a business and gutting the assets yeah. and then putting it back on the market for the bigger price. And you go, what? And, and that's what they did. Uh, so it's not as good a business as it used to be, but it's still a solid business. And the interesting part for me was it's a huge short sitting in there, double digit shorts.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: and it got slaughtered down is that Uh,
0: the reason for the spike
1: up yeah so so that since we got in before that spike and we sold out on the spike the reason is you look at it and say they actually again this is where listening to management in a context is actually important management actually started to flag that the demand was higher at the end of last year so coming into the first update we're sitting there going okay you got double teachers shorts and these guys got very low expectation management is telling you demand is improving So there's a short squeeze coming and it happened Popped. we got out and it's actually again we've just had another pop because guess what they came out and said demand is good numbers are good but it's not as a good business and the same thing happened with tassel as well we play that trade so i think the food stocks are interesting the non-chinese exposed food Food stocks stocks, are still good but the market doesn't want to pay for it but also where we are in the cycle the market doesn't want to hold small caps so these things, when they pop, take your profit. You're only there to make 15, 20%. If you get the 15, 20% in one month, lock it in, go away. You've done well. Yeah, yeah And that's yeah. what we're doing. So yeah. in a lot of these things, we, when the opportunity comes and you've got that many shorts, they're giving so you so a free you run. you buy at
0: 350?
1: No, I'd wait. Yeah. I think the market comes back and so does this and then you'll get another buy. Okay. It's not a great model that you should chase.
2: Right. Francesco? It's a very simple business. Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> well, it is and I mean, they, ultimately, chicken, they, they produce chicken and yeah, sell yeah, it I mean that's yeah, not that hard and yeah. you know people are going to be eating chicken um, yeah, yeah. You know, for, for a long period well, of time well
0: they're the biggest supplier to KFC yeah. yeah
2: so so you know I'm going to probably talk about more the long term thing rather than the short term price movements which yeah. you know you can sort of play that game and you know sometimes it'll go for you and against you and you've got to listen to certain uh, messages like Nathan said but on a long term basis the only thing you're going to get growth out of this is, is if A, there's a replacement in another protein. So, you know, let's say, for instance, there's a uh, mad cow disease that hits Australia and people stop eating beef, then that's going to be a replacement, so they're going to eat chicken. So you're going to get growth out of something like that, potentially, um, or population growth. So there's really nothing else that will give you that sort of growth. That's that's the big
1: problem, because for them to really grow, they can't really go and do another product. They do chicken. That's right. They just do chicken. And it's not like they can go overseas yeah you know what i mean they do chicken so yeah. they're stuck they're limited by how much they
2: can do. So so if, if they could try and recapture some market share or or, or or take over some market share from other proteins, then maybe there's potential there. Um, but, you know, what it, what goes around comes around in circles. You know, you have a marketing campaign on pork, you know, and all of a sudden the level of consumption in pork increases. So um, we don't have a recommendation on it, so I'm not about to put one on it. But I, th- I think it's a safe type of investment because yeah. um, I don't, no, but I don't think there's a lot of export out of uh, out of Ingham, so there's not a lot of risk of like like Nathan yeah. said that you know someone puts a tariff on it or something like that. But it's just domestic consumption, and that's not going to change a huge yeah. amount unless there's you know, changes for or against it. Okay,
0: all right. Let's recap the uh, final five stocks: uh, Auckland International Airport. Uh, a yes from Nathan. chorus a no. Uh, Odds don't have uh, don't cover those two stocks. Uh, Challenger, a yes from Nathan a no from uh, Francesco. Uh, computer share, uh, basically both of them set sell. Uh, take the money and run. Mathan <laughs> uh, much prefers ASX as a result of that. Uh, and Ingham's a no from Nathan and odds don't cover it. So uh, uh, really good cross-section of stocks here today. Thank you for uh, sending them in. Thank you for, to Francesco destratus from uh, Oz. From Francesco, Pleasure, Dave. always great good to, to see you, Matham. Always good to see you nice as well. Uh, and if you've got any stocks that you'd like us to take a look at, just whip them in an email to us the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at ozbiz TV handle. Uh, just a reminder, all the stocks in the Calls portfolio Uh, head to ozbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And uh, at the end of the day, if you want a complete wrap up of what's been happening in uh, the business and finance world on the markets, subscribe to the newsletter. You get Scuddy's view in there. You get a link to the Closure Business podcast. Um, I wish it was a video podcast because usually Scuddy changes uh, (laughs) into his uh, muscle shirt on the way to the gym. Well, that's uh, it's probably good, it's not a video version, but you get the podcast analysis and uh, links to the most uh, popular videos on the platform during the day. Now, if you want that wrap-up, subscribe at ausbiz.co forward slash the COB. And uh, at 2pm this afternoon, of course, it's the Startup Daily Show where they look at all things in the startup scale-up um, community, also venture capital. Uh, Scott Manterello is... Um, uh, looking at closing out a $3 million raise on his Fintech platform driver. It's a seed round. He's going to explain the business and what they're going to do with the dough and how they're looking for investors. So uh, Scott, amongst a whole bunch of other founders and venture capitalists, as usual on the Startup Daily Show, it's fascinating, that one. All right, a lot happening on Ozbiz for the rest of the day. Don't go away. We return after this. <laughs>